Hey, Adam. What's up? How do you know what you don't know? I don't know. Well, today we will find out. I'm Adam Mast. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you. Today's episode is sponsored by the Oxford American. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Mm. Its award-winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. Recent issues have featured Nina Simone, Thelonious Monk, John Cage, and John Coltrane. Visit OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI today. That's OxfordAmerican.org. And you can get a subscription for 25 bucks. Man, I've been reading the heck out of the Oxford American since they became our charter sponsor. Yes. I just read this awesome article on Fletcher Henderson and his his incredible life story. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a very short biography, but it was, it was just amazing to hear you know where he came from his impact on the music we still play yeah um incredible oh and i'm sure the writing style the the beautiful thing about oxford american is like you i mean look you can go to wikipedia page on fletcher henderson and get just the facts ma'am but uh i mean to hear to 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 learn in such eloquent words and maybe you can play the music a little bit going on play the music and the immersive the the photos you know i mean it's it's so well written and well researched feeling of the page i've never been we can't guarantee this but i've never have you ever got a paper cut from oxford american not not yet not yet i don't think it's gonna happen they got some quality uh paper down south in arkansas so but uh anyway yeah check it out again oxfordamerican.org slash yhi for that deal nice what are we talking about today well we you're not gonna be talking about much because you don't know nothing about this man i'm a little (laughs) nervous about today's episode so because well, uh, you know this is uh, this is revealing. Well, look, we don't know what we don't know, and I think this is going to be fun. I, I, uh, we Am were I talk- wearing pants? I can't tell. <laughs> it feels like one of those dreams. Um, look, we all. Th- this is the great thing about this music. It's an it's an endless well, yep. and we were um, you know having drinks yesterday, and I think we talked about. I mentioned an album, or you said somebody had mentioned an album, which gave us the idea for this episode, which was um, you know what to me was like a seminal recording which you had never even heard of. I know. You know yeah, yeah. Uh, which is not no knock on you. I mean, in fact, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll do this next week. We could do it the other oh, way. Oh, we're doing it next <laughs> week the other way, for sure. But I think some of these, I tried to put a nice mix together. And I and full disclosure, I did check out with you that, that you didn't, um, you know, I called out and said, do you know this one? So we are, these are confirmed ones that you never knew. Yeah. Like you were like, what? Huh? Yeah, I, I would like to think that probably everybody has holes in their knowledge. Yeah. I mean, just these, if you, if you, from what I've seen from a lot of these are in that era where I was really too young to, to hear it right. live. In and then by time. the time I was getting into it, it was kind of out of style a little bit. You know yep. what I mean? Like yep. it wasn't the thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so I could see how this would have happened, but I'm, you know, another part of me is very excited about this because I know that that these are going to be awesome because they're they were so important to you and so I'm excited that I have this new listening list to check out I'm excited for our listeners who maybe haven't heard of some of these yeah um that we have the Spotify playlist to check out well I think I got a pretty good mix because there's definitely going to be some that I think everybody will know some of them yeah I will be shocked and please leave us a little comment in the YouTubes or wherever you'd like if you know all of them. I mean, I'm talking about know them. I will be very impressed mm. uh, because, you know, some of them are a little bit obscure. They're all fantastic, I think. But you're right. They do kind of, kind of come from that era, my kind of coming of age, some some kind of mid-80s, late-80s. But there's a little bit of a range on there. But I think that this speaks more to the uh, to two things. One is just the endless well of, of so many wonderful releases of our music. There's that a are lot of value. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of great albums out yeah. there. Yeah. 
And then the fact that, you know, we both kind of have always had this lifestyle of deep listening. Like we get into something and we really listen to it. So I always think that's more important than knowing every release of the year yeah. is to know a couple of them really well, you know. It's um, so true, man, now that I think about it. You know, I, I list for me Grant Green as one of my main influences. Yeah. But I really only know like two albums of his, but I know every track on, on both yeah. those albums so well and every note. You know what I mean? So right. I consider that just a deep connection I have, even though I actually don't know his whole like later funky stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, you played a little funky stuff. A little bit, but not as well as those two albums that I'm so connected with. Sure, sure. Okay, well, so the first one here might kind of be along those lines in that I know you know a lot of Herbie Hancock. That's This is the one that set off this episode. Because it's a surprise, because Herbie's like, you know, our guy. Yeah, because you were like, what? You never even heard of the record. And I think this did fly under the radar for a lot of folks. Uh, This is Herbie Hancock's album called Quartet. Yeah. And it's with Tony Williams. You ever heard of that guy? I've heard of him. (laughs) Yeah. Ron Carter on bass. Yeah. Um, and a young, a very young, bespeckled uh, Winston Marsalis. And I want to say this is like 1981, 82, something around there, maybe even 80. I think it's 80. Yeah. Oh, it's 80. Okay. And so I'm going to just play a little bit. And this is one of the lesser known tracks on it called A Quick Sketch. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll start at the beginning. How about that? Good. <laughs> and I remember when I heard this, man, I was like... Yeah, so how old were you when you first heard this? I mean... I was probably 13. Influential. I was so I didn't hear right when it came out because I would have been 10. Oof. Yeah. A little Herbieisms, a little muted. Tony. So I'll just jump ahead a little bit to uh, Winton, real young Winton, playing amazing though. And this is like, it's funny because they call it quick sketch, and this is very much like I'm sure they just kind of all it is is that boom, that vamp, boom. yeah, 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 yeah. Vamp, and they're just like grooving out for 26 minutes or whatever. It's so. so funny. Like I think I know how this this blind spot happened. You know, because I got into Herbie through Miles, really, mm-hmm. which I think probably a lot of young musicians who are just discovering the music. You know, you get the names of the titans, and then you start yeah. checking out. So I just I discovered Herbie, and then I got I just fell in love with Herbie, and I went through all of Herbie's you know early stuff from the Taken Off stuff to yeah. Main Voyage, and yeah, then yeah. the 70s stuff and then i but on like con- concurrently would start getting into wayne shorter and then joe henderson and then all yeah. of a sudden i have all this music to listen to yep. and this was also around the time that he put out that record the new standard you remember that yeah like 97 maybe right so i was in high school probably yep. and then i with just started Roy and um, with a ton of cats brecker yeah, yeah, yeah. just a ton Jack of schofield yeah. is on it yep. like a ton of guys and uh and i just got into that kind of era of Herbie. Oh, New Standard. I'm sorry. That was the, the new one before, the one with Brecker and Roy Hargrove. But, that but was there, was, era. there was like an all-star cast yeah, on yeah, the definitely. New Standard, like, yep. um, which Herbie then would do a bunch throughout the rest of his you know, career from then forward. But but I kind of skipped over this whole era. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I went from funky to the New Standard era. And then... Right. Well, and the thing is, he did this record. I mean, Herbie was, has always been so prolific. This is right during the Rocket period. And that's actually how I got into Herbie Hancock. Because mm. when Rocket came out, I mean, I was trying to be like a DJ for a minute. With yeah, my, yeah. You know, and I, was, I knew a little jazz, but I wasn't even really that into it. I mean, I was kind of into it. I was doing some classical stuff. But Herbie, that was a big hit, Rocket, at that time. Yeah. And um, then, uh, so this is saying, Spotify saying this is 1982, mm. maybe when it came out. 
But when I met Wynton Marsalis around in 84 or so, I went and tried to find all the records he was on at Streetside Records, and this was one of them. And I still remember like how it looked, and I bought it. It was a double album. I was like, damn, it's kind of expensive. It was opened up. And I basically got it because Wynton, but I was like, oh, Herbie Hancock. Yeah, I kind of know from Herbie. From the Rocket guy. From the Rocket guy. And I'd heard a little bit of stuff with Miles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, man, it was so exciting just to hear. So this is, in a lot of ways, my really early entree into Herbie. And then I went and dove deeper. And then when I heard My Funny Valentine, it was like That's lights awesome. out. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little too young for Rocket. I know it as like a cultural touchstone, but I, I didn't experience it because I was just, you know, a little, little kid. Yeah, it was a big deal because it was like, it was on MTV. Yeah. It was like a hit. Yeah. And it was on MTV at a time when, especially that kind of music was just sort of, it was kind of a breakthrough thing. I mean, Michael Jackson was in a different way, obviously on a much bigger scale. Um, but to have Herbie Hancock on MTV, a uh, number one album. I mean, I that's, that's yeah, incredible. It was cool. All right. Okay, so that's number one. All right. Uh, now, next, I'm going to play you something. We're not doing it as a blindfold test, but I just wanted to know if you... Yeah, it's unfair blindfold test because I've admitted okay. I don't know these <laughs> okay. things. All right, well, let's just listen to this. I mean, this was another one that was, like, really exciting for me. Chops. So specific. What, what is this? Okay, so this is Kevin Eubanks' opening night. This was his first record on GRP, and I'm just looking to see. GRP. Yeah, GRP. What about that? Dave Grusin. Um, okay, does it tell you that, like, the – man, I'm trying to get my Spotify chops together. Can you help me after our broadcast today? Yeah. I'm kind of switching over from um, – Apple Music. Big shout out to Apple. Keep on uh, <laughs> dominating. <laughs> um, yeah, nice dongle you got there, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm living that dongle lifestyle. But I want to say this is like 85, but this was um, Kevin Eubank. Yeah, 1985. Okay, talk about 80s. We're going to have to get this art. Oh, up yeah. Up. Look at that album cover. He's full Miami Vice. Is that like Kevin. a leather suit or something? <laughs> pleather. Pleather. My pleather. It's like an Eddie Murphy look. <laughs> it's totally. Yeah, yeah. it's totally. Uh, Kevin Eubanks buffed, of course. And... Um, he so this is with that was Branford and, and Kevin a lot of the Berkeley guys. What's the name of the of album 70s, again? Opening night. Opening night. And I love that track. And um, Tommy Campbell's on drums. But the reason I got really got into this record, I mean, I knew about Kevin Eubanks, but this is when I was really getting into like what are the new you know albums and stuff. And Branford was on there, but Kenny Kirkland was on this uh, record. Kenny and I'd Kirkland. heard Kenny live like earlier that year at Powell Hall, and I was like, oh, anything that Kenny Kirkland yeah, yeah. was on. So that's when I got into it. But this is such a great record. He's made a lot of great records, but oh, this man. is a good one for. I got to check that one out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm kind well, of late to the game on, on Kenny Kirkland, too. Yeah. Um, but I've started getting into him in the last couple of years, like, and it's been a great discovery. Yeah. I mean, he was, since I heard him live and then, you know, heard him with Wynton Marsalis that first time, I and then I heard him with Sting the next year. Like, I was such a fan, but he didn't make his own record till later on in his career. Mm -hmm. And I believe he only made one or two re records under his own name. So he was always, I would always just buy stuff that I saw him on. Yeah. You know, like, like but we it's, used to do. Well, luckily, he was on a lot of stuff. He was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's a, so that's Kevin Eubanks opening night. Um, now we're gonna do a little Buckshot LaFunk, and this was funny because I was like, "Have you what heard the of, what?" Yeah, you were like, "What?" And I was I was actually surprised you hadn't heard the name, but I realized that this so this is Brand from Marsalis. He had a band called Buckshot LaFunk, and that was actually I think they did two records. This is from the first record. That sounds like some crazy New Orleans guy that they yeah. actually knew, you know. But he put this whole to, to band together. Our friend Reginald Veal was the original oh, bass yeah, player. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then later on, Eric Rivas, and then it kind of moved into back when he went back to having his quartet. But this is when Branford was like, "I'm not gonna 
do the jazz thing straight ahead. I want to do kind of a hip hop funk kind of New Orleans. I have thing. no knowledge of this. Okay, well, you're all. about to. Knowledge is about to be dropped. I'll tell you what, man. I am a sucker for this, like, organic 90s conscious hip hop. Yeah, I really am. I could. And I'm just going to check here. You know, and this is super. How do you do the thing where you make it softer? Oh. This is my first time DJ. We should talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. on this album. You're not I wish doing a very was. good job. <laughs> well, uh, I was just looking because I thought that was DJ Premier, uh, and I'm just confirming that before I screw up. Yeah, he did most of the programming and and you know the drum tracks and stuff on so here. So then, there is there points where Branford like blows over that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let me see if I can jump to that. And this is actually Breakfast at Denny's, which is funny because it's kind of an add-on track. There was a. It's like a different version. There was another one that was on some movie that came out where it got a little bit of notoriety. But this is from that first Buckshot LaFunk record. I mean, it was like, man, Roy Buckshot LaFunk. Yeah, let me see if I can get a little bit of solo. I got to get the album. Oh, this is kind of the, and he's played this tune before. Oof. Roy Hargrove, a bunch of, you know, slick horn stuff. But Kenny Kirkland's on this record too. Bob Hurst plays some on it. Um, actually, is it Bob or Reginald? Reginald played in the band when they went live. Jeff Watts. I mean, a bunch of cats. It was just a cool thing where Branford kind of brought his whole orb in, DJ Premier, and um, uh, Victor Wooten's on some stuff on bass. Like, he just really, like, a very produced kind of early jazz, hip-hop, um, whatever you call it. I love Synergy. It. I love it. Love fest. I'm saving yeah. it. Yeah, Buckshot La Funk. Um, and it's cool, too, because it sounds dated, but not in a bad kind of dated way. Like 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 you brought it up, that kind of early 90s sort of vibe, late 80s. Early 90s, definitely. Okay. So that's that was my first funny – and there's a lot of New Orleans connections on here, too. My funny name one. That's definitely a, a, a weakness in my <laughs> arsenal. Of so knowledge. the next one I threw at you, I was like, have you ever heard of Lofty's Road Souffle? And you're like, come on, man. <laughs> but, I mean, you literally never heard of it. And this one's a little bit offbeat, but let's just listen to a little bit. And yeah. I want to see if you – I have, have no idea what this is. <laughs> okay. Harry Connick Jr. Trio. I was going to say, it's a pretty high production value. Yeah, yeah. This is a, I love the way the drums are recorded on this record. Yeah. Ben Wolf on bass, mm. Shannon Powell mm. from New Orleans mm. on drums. And, and they had a nice trio for, for a while. They became the foundation of his big band because right around this time, yeah. 
and I, I'm trying to remember because I was actually hanging around a little bit with Harry when I first went to New York. Yeah, and I met Ben actually and Shannon through um, Harry, and he was just doing little gigs and kind of like I kind of have a trio together. And then he did that movie Harry Met Sally, and his thing just sort of blew up. And then he put a big band together, and this was the original rhythm section. For you know, him. my parents when I was a small uh, kid, maybe like eight or nine, had a Harry Connick trio tape i remember it was a cassette tape that yeah. they used to play in the car all the time could have been this and it was all instrumental and i loved it yeah yeah, it yeah he doesn't sing at all on this and um it's it but it but it actually says it's released in 90 but it was probably re- recorded 89 i would think hmm. but harry was like super like you know felonious monk influenced as you can hear and i love the way shannon and ben wolf uh shannon powell and ben wolf played together i thought it was a cool trio it's kind of short-lived but harry i might, heard him live a bunch of times as famous as he is harry might be an underrated pianist Totally. You know what I mean? Made amazing pianist. Amazing great pianist. writer, great yeah. arranger. Um, you know, done a lot of can do a lot of different things, a lot of different styles, you know. So that's uh but that I mean to me is one of the best trio records of that era, actually, mm. I would have to say. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I'm checking it out. Yeah. Or or maybe re- revisiting yeah. the same one. Okay, so we we might have to take that one off that once he never knew. He never knew that he didn't know I, it. I don't but that's <laughs> How do we know I think that counts know? if that's it's right. if it's not like a touchstone, you know. Okay, so next we have now we're at number five. Okay. And this is, I yelled out to you, do you know Diamond in the Rough? This might be another one that you have heard, but uh, didn't know you knew it. Roy Hargrove, Diamond in the Rough. This is his first record. And a lot of people not didn't necessarily sleep on it, but weren't hip to Roy. Like Because I knew him since we were like 15, 16 years old, he was sort of in my consciousness. And so when he, it was kind of a big thing when his record came out. But a lot of people kind of discovered him later. Sorry, somebody's calling. I'll call you back. All right, peace. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> right, yeah. um, so... This is uh, a tune I've always liked, and I got to play with him a bunch of times later on, which was fun, uh, of his called Confidentiality from Diamond in the Rough. What year is Diamond in the Rough from? Oh, man. I, this has got to be 90. Let, let me, how, how do I find that out on Spotify? Help, help me out. Help me out. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, 1990. Yeah. 1990. Okay. That's so good. Who's that? That's uh, I think it's Antonio Hart. And uh, Jeff Keezer on piano, Ooh. our friend Jeff Keezer. Man, you know what's amazing about that is it sounds like Roy Hargrove. Like yeah. he was fully formed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had a sound already. Uh, yeah, that's definitely Anton. I could, I, I need to confirm that, but I'm ninety percent sure that it's got to be. Yeah, it's, this one's a little bit embarrassing. I should, I should have gone all the way back, but I, I admit that you know ninety was. I was still too young to really. I mean, I think I was just getting into jazz, but really just into like you know Miles and Bill Evans and all that stuff. Right. So I probably didn't hear Roy for the first time until late mid late 90s right and what you probably did and I've done this a lot is like you once you start to get into him that he was so young he was like 18 19 when he recorded this this actually says December 89 it was released another wow. source um but you kind of go to the current thing and then he starts doing other things and then yeah, you yeah, never yeah, quite yeah. make it back to the beginning yeah, and yeah. and a lot of times it's kind of more immature releases and I mean 
Rory looks like a little kid on the cover of this record. It's funny. Awesome. And so, but what's so cool about this is, um, oh, yeah, that's right. Ralph Peterson Jr. on drums um, is that I love the tunes on here. There's a tune called Proclamation by Jeff Keys. It's one of my favorite tunes from this era. Cool. This confidentiality. And then they do like Whisper Nod and some. But I remember just being like, wow, man, this cat is doing it. Like this is, and it's so much captured that Young Lions, early 90s, late 80s kind of a sound in a way. Man, this is awesome. I think we should do this again next week, but another one for me. Right, I'm right. getting a ton of stuff to listen to. This is great. And then Roy, he's already Roy, of course. That's what's uh, just that first impression. It sounds like a Roy Hargrove album. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So that's Diamond in the Rough, Roy Hargrove. Um, now this one, this was another one. I was like, you know, Sonic Trance, and you're like, what? 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 But I think most people slept on this record, so I'm going to give anybody a pass. But I love this record. It's totally offbeat. Nicholas Payton, um, and it was fun because I got to play a lot of this music uh, with him right after he wrote it down in New Orleans. And I, I want to say it was like ten years ago, but this is going to be funny because it's going to probably be, uh, you know. Uh, much later, I'm gonna look that up as we're listening to Cannabis Leaf Rag from Nicholas Payton. No, that's still Roy. Buddy, get your Spotify good game Come together. On, man. Come on, dude. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is just a fantastic album. It's That's a, awesome. It's, it's like of all the different people, especially around the early '90s. I mean, not early '90s, early 2000s. This is 2003. Um, I wasn't that far off by saying 10 years, 15 years ago. No. Uh, but of all the people kind of trying to do, um, you know, fusions of hip hop and jazz, I think Nicholas is one of the most interesting, authentic, challenging, and just grooving. Now, big shout out to Kareem Riggins from Detroit, Michigan, the great drummer, because he programmed a lot of the stuff. It was a real collaboration He's the best. with Nick. Yeah, I mean, just a genius of amazing jazz drummer, amazing hip. I mean, just, you know, can do everything. But this is a great record. Sonic Trance, Nicholas Payne. I'm so glad. I, I wasn't even sure if it was going to be available. Man, I'm going um, in. Going and then look, he's got. That. I'm going to do a little. He's reprint. so funny in his music sometimes. This is Cannabis Leaf Rag 2, second part, later on. It's got like 18 tracks. Wow. Where he kind of changes it up. Yeah, so that's that's a good one for. Especially if you're into some different kind of stuff in Nicholas Payton. So that's six. We're up at number seven now. This is awesome. Okay, so this one I knew you'd been asking about some some New Orleans stuff that you didn't know that you were interested in. It's so. definitely a gap for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is a fun one. This is Herlin Riley's uh, album, New Directions. This is uh, Tutti Ma, which is an old standard in New Orleans. Dude. Nice tambourine work from the master. Who's on that piano? I have no idea. <laughs> I should know that. Let me look it up. Oh, this is my jam. Emmett Cohen on piano. Emmett Cohen on piano? That's not right. Come on. Is that right? 
thing. Maybe. That's her that's singing. So that's that this is just a really fun record. He goes through and does a bunch of the um you know, new stuff and some of his own originals and um it's a cool one. Our friend uh Nate Shinnan, how do we say his name? Shinnan. Who you've been reading his book, uh gave this I remember a really good review in the New York Times. This is pretty recent, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so that could be Emmett Cohen. Yeah. I know, just I don't. You know, the problem is you can't f- find out easily who's. You got to like search all these places. It's the worst. It, yeah. it, honestly, all these streaming services ne- need to get their album credits thing together. Yeah, it is. It is Emicon, Russell Hall on bass, and um, yeah, I mean, Hurling is just the most authentic bridge of modern New Orleans jazz drum. I mean, just jazz drumming, just drumming. Yeah. But I mean, his along with Shannon Powell as well, who we heard earlier with the Lofties Roads to play, just two masters of New Orleans drumming in the most authentic, but up-to-date way you could find so man pete thanks for this this is going to give me some like solid listening material for a long time i hope so so i feel like i hear something now is that possible sorry oh. this is my youtube oh <laughs> that's cool Sounds so good. i was watching watching some mayor pete videos this morning <laughs> i love mayor pete dude mayor pete's my guy man how do we get him on the podcast we need to get mayor pete while he's still small. <laughs> while he's still market. available. Yeah, All yeah. Right. If we got anybody out in the You'll Hear It audience that has connections with the mayor. Pete. But no, uh, you, Pete. Yeah. Kind of the mayor of You'll Hear It Town. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, thanks for that. It's really awesome. Good uh, stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. So, uh, again, to remind everybody that for a limited time, You'll Hear It listeners can subscribe to the Oxford American for only 25 bucks. Visit OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI to subscribe today. Can't recommend that enough. Uh, until tomorrow, You'll Hear It.